What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of INT's The Podcast. I'm your host, A-Train, joined by my good friend and co-host, King. What's going on, King? I've been in the portal. Yeah, you and everybody else. Yep, that's where we was. If you were wondering, we got lost in the portal. Yeah, where you going? Well, I'm thinking about taking my talents. Hey, you should do that like everybody else. Just go to Colorado or Texas and them or Ole Miss. Yeah. <laughs> You know, because I mean, the checkbooks are open, so people are, you know, ready to try to take advantage of that. I mean, like, I've mentioned it before. Like, I I like the one-time transfer rule. I actually do. And I said, I've always stated that as long as coaches can process players and not renew – and scholarships are on a year-to-year basis, that mm-hmm. players should be able to leave and be immediately, immediately, immediately eligible. But – when you combine that with NIL, which again by itself, I like NIL. I don't like the way that it is, but I like it for the most part. I do think players should be able to get taken care of and stuff. But the laws around it is terrible. That's another story I, itself that we oh yeah. we've discussed that nauseum. Oh but yeah, when you, when you combine those two things, this is what you get right here. You get thousands and thousands and thousands of players in the portal. Literally this, thousands of players in the portal. This is literally for any of y'all who've ever watched Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> this, this is a terrible fusion. This, this has to yeah. be the worst type of fusion. Like, what's going on with the portal? Because we were talking about this before we got on air, and I was just amazed. We've got guys from Harvard and Yale hitting the por- portal from Penn. I mean, at some point, you know, and I, I mean this with all of the respect. I'll just look for a kid. Uh, Trevante Davis, two-star receiver out of high school from Florida A&M, has decided to hit the portal. And the reason I'm pointing that out is, Train, how many yards do you think Trevante Davis caught this year? 300. In his career, he has oh wait, five receptions. For 106 yards. Mm. What is the point of this? Well, in fairness, though, here's what I will say. There are a lot of players who do enter the portal, who enter the portal because they just can't see the field. And they're not entering the portal to get a better situation. Well, I mean, like, to go to a bigger school. They're entering the portal to just get playing time. You know, so, you know, a guy like that might be entering the portal because he's trying to go, you know, to the FCS level. Or he's trying to go to a Sunbelt team, you know, or someone who give him a chance to play or, you know, or maybe he got process, you know, maybe, you know, the school was like, hey, it's best that, you know, you move on. There's a lot of players that that, that do yes. end up going to Porter because of that. And for those guys, I'm fine with. For me, it's the guys who leverage their NIL situation and enter the portal. Well, like, you know, go ahead. This, the reason I brought up, you know, a player like Mr. Davis and I, I mean this respectfully. Son, you are heading to your junior year of football. You you spent, because he's done his two plus his red shirt. So, you know, this, you're at the end of the road, so to speak. You pretty much had the option to work really hard and, you know, play football or graduate. Yeah. You know, and, and I understand you want to keep playing. I really do, and I respect that. Get it out your system. However, this realistically is the end of the road, and there's nothing wrong with that. 
you know, to Seriously. bow out gracefully. You know, so I understand if he's just like, hey, look, I just want to transfer somewhere, um, play football. You know, I would say at this stage of your career, of your college career, which is much more important for a kid in that situation, you have to focus about your credits transferring. Is that fair to say? Well, yeah, but that so. Ew. That's the thing where, like, okay, so Malik Murphy is transferring from Texas, um, and he wanted to play in the college football playoffs. But the reason that he's transferring now is because basically, if he were to wait, you know, they're off the school side of this. So if right. he was to wait, he would not be eligible to enroll in the spring at the school of choice. This situation came uh, uh, up last year with Mississippi State with uh, a guy from TCU, Joe Carrius Car- Spivey, transferred to Mississippi State, and he, you know, wanted to, but he wanted to play in the BCS. I mean, sorry, BCS. My God, I'm old. He wanted to play in the uh, in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and, and he had an advisor who informed him that he would be able to do that and still transfer since he's a grad transfer. And turns out that that was not the case. That he was really ineligible in his last season of college football. He sat out. Um, I thought that was a mess, mess, mess of situation. I thought he should have been, you know, used some common sense in NCAA, but whatever. But Blake right. Murphy is, is an example of, you know, hey, I, I want to play, but, you know, for my for my future, I have to do it early. And that's why you see a lot of these guys. You see Cal McCord entering the portal. You see Walter. Well, that don't count. Walter don't count. But you see Cal McCord. You see Dylan Gabriel. You see uh, Cam Ward, you know, Will Howard from Kansas State. All these guys, <laughs> DJ, Uwe, Ungalale. Uh, you see, you know, see, you see these guys, you know, entering the portal who still have, you know, bowl games, but it's like, well, you gotta, if, if you want to be eligible, you gotta go now, right? And I mean, if, if you want to be, be eligible in the spring, I mean, right? And this is it. I completely understand. Now, for the big fish, where we're talking, you know, the switch gears to those guys, it's all about the money, and I respect that. Oh yeah, I, you know, I will always stand firm in my position. Remember, you know, Matt Rule, he came out and said it, you know. Quarterbacks are going for one, $1.5, million. Right. That's just quarterback. Yeah. But you know, Walton Otis is getting a big payday wherever he's going. Ole Miss opened up their checkbook uh, amongst other schools. Oh, uh, yeah. You have um, Malik Murphy. He's going to, you know, command a lot. Dylan Gabriel went to Oregon. I know he had a big NIL package there. Um, yeah, I mean – I'm sure when Cameron Ward decides to go, he's going to get paid. I, I mean, you know, the story leaked out um, before he entered the portal that he had like seven or eight one million dollar offers, yeah. and he was still and watched the state at the time. Is yeah, that not tampering or what? Uh, but uh, see, I always stand firm. Nil stands for name, image, likeness. None of, and I'm not gonna say none. The vast majority of these kids are not going are not being paid for their name, image, or likeness. Yeah. They are not being paid because they're selling cars, selling t shirts. They're not doing that. Most some of these kids, to be fair, I'm a compared to wrestling, you're not even putting butts in seats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's safe to say, like how many kids better yet, how many people in this, I'm gonna just use myself in the state of Texas. All the kids who went to AM, all the kids who went to UT, you, you couldn't motivate me to buy a ticket. Yeah, you know, like Colorado, I will, I respect them. You know, as much as I laugh, you know, at 
the people who said I was a hater of this team, even though it was accurate, I said four and eight. They went four and eight. Um, they put butts in seats. For those first, what, five weeks of the season, they had sellouts yep. everywhere they went, whether it was at home or on the road. They put butts in seats. No disrespect to Dion Burks from Purdue. He's going to Oklahoma. But is he really putting butts in seats? Nah. But that kid's probably getting paid because he was one of the better targets this year. I just, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but I do think the way that we were just paying guys with no rhyme or reason, just giving them a check. And then it's something else we talked about beforehand. If you're a small school, how does this make you feel? Yeah. You know, you sitting there, if we have INT's college, I mean, heck, Bishop Sycamore became a high school. We could start a college. <laughs> uh, we have a football team. We're out there grabbing unknown talent. You know, the five eleven corner that we're going to, you know, move around and the six one safeties and whatnot. Great. We turn these guys into ball players. Hey, coach, I'm going to get paid because LSU just gave me a whole bunch of money. There's no, like, the small schools have no shot. They, we're expanding the playoffs. Let's be here. We're expanding the playoffs to the big four. Yeah. At the small school, before we move on, I just want to ask you this. Boise State, Utah, TCU, uh, Southern Miss. When they were the, you know, the the real small school powerhouses, mm-hmm. even Marshall, those schools could not get the respect that they get nowadays. No, 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 definitely not. I mean, Boise kind of broke that ceiling at one point, but you also got to think. I remember when Tulane went undefeated when they had Sean King, you know, yeah. um, and they were basically not taken serious. Um, well, I was just saying the very next season they'd be gutted by the portal. Oh, now they, yeah, yeah, they would. Yeah. Yeah, like TCU would not have the chance to nowadays the run that TCU is having in the Mount West before they got the invite to the Big Twelve, they wouldn't have had it. Yeah, they never get that invite more than likely because NIL would say, "Well, we'll just keep taking talent from you." You know, their strength and conditioning coach and their pro training program. Yeah, great job. Way to build these guys up. We'll take it from here. Boise State, Doug Martin's not staying at Boise State. Yeah. I can't think of another, you know, oh, Demarcus Lawrence isn't going to stay there. They're not finishing their college careers at these places. There's no way Alex Smith stays at Utah. And I I don't blame the kids. I blame the system. Yep. You know, that's all I'm saying. They say I don't expect you to be able to level the playing field because it's impossible. LSU will always have more advantages than Iowa State. And they will have way more than, I was about to say SMU. SMU is different. But they will have more advantages than SMU. But ends up, can you at least clear a lot of the obstacles for these small schools? Like, give them something. Get yeah. maybe give them the option to say, "Hey, look, if you are not, you know, a group of five, can they get four year deals instead?" 
Yeah, I mean, I still like the idea of that NIL being kind of, not NIL, but I still like the idea of, like, uh, schools basically paying players after they complete their, their uh, eligibility, but they get a big check once they finish, like, hey, thank you for your service. And obviously, yeah. like, while they're there, they can get taken care of, like, you know, in a sense. Like, kind of like I used to be, you know, like, people automatically assume these football players were just broke. And in reality, true. that was not true. But it was just, but you hear these stories of people saying, oh, man, when I was in college, you know, I was living off of sandwiches and this and that. And I couldn't, you know, and my apartment was empty. Keyword there, apartment. Not saying that there's nothing wrong with getting an apartment when you was in college, especially as a football player. But most football players who I knew who had issues with money were the ones who lived off campus. Not saying well, that they don't have that right to do that, but well, you know, at a the, certain point, you get a, a X amount of money and then you kind of blow it on the apartment. At and a don't certain point, budget. can I? Can you tell me you're hungry if I give you a meal plan? But yeah. then you say no, I don't want the meal plan. Give me the money. I live off campus. Yeah. I want the money. Well, is is it my fault that you're hungry, or is it your fault? Yeah, you know because. I guess I'll put it like this. You can't be both a child and an adult. Yeah. If you want me to treat you like an adult, okay, you said you want to live off campus, so your dorm room is off the table. No problem. Here's your money for that. You're canceling your meal plan altogether? Because remember, for the football team, you get the highest, the most expensive oh, yeah. meal plan. Yeah. yeah. You're automatically given that most expensive, which typically is unlimited meals. Mm-hmm. Worst case, three meals a day. Right. Worst is three meals a day, but typically it's unlimited. Okay, you don't want that. No problem. Here's your check. Plus your stipend. Here's your check. Well, wait a minute. As an adult, you're supposed plus your to be refund check because you get extra money. Um, you know, you get full scholarship, but you get extra money on top of that as well as a football right. player. You know, so you get you know, like you said, the stipends. You get you know, and they get money for is, travel. Yeah, things like that. Um, like I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying it was, it was the perfect situation for them. They could have got more money. But they weren't destitute. Well, well and I think that's what people who, who, right. yeah, who, who don't that know. That was my whole think. point. It's like at a certain point, for most of these kids, I'm talking group of five, okay? If you're a group of five kids, you're most likely in a pretty smallish town. Rent is not going to be the super expensive thing. It's not. However, if you are, if you are a group of five kids, and you're not in a small town, like if for some reason you went to SMU, or you went to U, well, U of H is now, but you know my point. Yeah, I if you went to, yeah, if you went to U of H, well, now you're in Houston. Houston prices are not going to be the same as a kid trying to play for uh, UL Monroe. Yeah, I guess exactly. Yeah, Renton Monroe is going to be way cheaper than U of H. Like Houston has a decent cost of living relative to other big cities. But, but Houston yeah. is still a big city compared to Monroe. Compared exactly. to yeah, exactly. I get what you're saying. So, so when that kid from U of H is like, "Well, this is not fair. I'm, I'm sitting here. I had to go get a job. I'm doing this and that." It's like, but you put yourself in that situation, especially if you are not a superstar. What is NIL supposed to do for you anyway? Mm-hmm. And I think that's more my bigger thing. Most of these guys are not superstars. You know, they they just aren't. It's I I want I want guys to get paid 
but I also wish they had a little bit of reality to it. You you you're not selling tickets. Yeah, but it's like you know that article we discussed it last year. Like at one point, I I uh I brought it up. You know how they had the all all three star team. Uh, uh, and it was based on the 2021 class, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, the 2020, one of those two. I think it's the 2021 class. So it's all three star school. So this is only two years ago. But half of those, I think half or slightly under half um, of the list were all players who transferred to a quote unquote bigger school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because they had, they had a, uh, well, the, the, they, the, these guys who, who ended up transferring, that's our. But and I'm sure if I look at that list now, I would see more guys who've transferred since then. But these are guys who started at you know either uh, either a group of five school or they started at a power five school, but they moved up to a bigger power five school because once they got that exposure, they were like, oh, I'm gonna you know go to a bigger school. And that's the thing that sucks, you know. Um, it sucks for the for the group of five schools the most, but it sucks for Mississippi State. We, yeah, they were gonna get hit hard. Oh yeah, we, yeah, they're getting demolished in the portal right now. I mean, you had Xavier Thomas who went in the portal last year, fishing for LSU offer, didn't get it, so he went back into the to the uh, to school, and now he went back to the portal again. He got the LSU offer, but he frees at Auburn. It's like, hey, we got money over here, and so he might go there. Yeah. The Cameron Richardson, the guy who has NFL potential at cornerback, I do find it funny. Kind of going on a little off topic here, just just talking about just the idiot. Idiocy of uh, college football fans who don't really understand. When he entered the portal, Mississippi State fans were like, "Oh, a guy who played um, three seasons and don't have a, a single a, a, a single pick that's that's not a big loss." And I'm saying to myself, uh, "There's a reason that he's considered one of the best cornerbacks in the portal." Exactly. Uh, interceptions are overrated when it comes to cornerback. I mean, don't get me wrong; you want them to to to, to you know to like take the ball away, but. If you can do a good job of shutting down your side of the field, which he does a good job at, then that's that's be, valuable. Interceptions to me, I'm compare it to basketball. I like blocks. It can be misleading. I mean, don't yeah, get me wrong. I mean, it does show ball skills. It does show you know you know that ability, and and, and, and it is something that's important. It, it is you know, but if if you're doing you know if you're doing a good job of not and not having targets or you're forcing bad passes because you're covering so well, that's just as important. Well, I'll use an example. And the reason I compare it to blocks is I think of somebody like Sean Bradley and Mark Eaton technically blocked a ton of shots. Yeah. They really did. Manu Bowl blocked a ton, a ton of shots. But no one thinks of them as elite defenders. Yeah. Like, the examples I like to use, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go way back here, is, you know, you had, you know, Matumbo. Or, and then after that, you had Dwight Howard. These are great shot blockers, but they're also great on-ball defenders. Yes. Then you had a guy like Phil Ratliff, who was an amazing shot blocker, but he was a great weak side shot blocker. He was great coming from the help side and getting like shot blocks. Where it's like, man to man, he was fine. He was fine defensively. I'm not saying he wasn't, but he wasn't as good. You know, he's the guy who can, can kind of get bullied by the Patrick Ewing, the David Robinson, mm-hmm. things like that. You know, whereas Matumbo can hold his own, you know, and get the chop. That's why he's considered one of the greatest defend, defend, defensive bigs of all time. Um, but there's, 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 there's differences to it. Like, and then to NFL, like, you know, Trevon Diggs. Although Trevon Diggs did get a lot better before his injury and coverage, 
But you know, his first couple of years, he was just a guy who would be. There's a reason people picked on him. Yeah, exactly. He would either get your interception or he would give up a big play. Yeah, but he got better. He got better at that. Though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just because you get a deception doesn't mean that you know you're great. Um, and vice versa. So. Right. You know, but I will say, you know, like I said, nil, crazy stuff. Transfer portal is on fire. It's crazy. I will say this. Do you think this will ever before we move on? Do you think this will start to level out eventually? Like give it a few years and um, we won't see three thousand, five thousand kids trying to transfer. I think if we get better regulations, we will, but if it doesn't get if, if we don't I, I do think eventually it will level out eventually, but by level out I mean it won't get worse. I don't see it getting better though. I see it being if it, if it gets better, it's gonna be like, you know, a minimal improvement based on seeing how a lot of these guys just don't end up in a situation that they are seeking, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. I can see, you know, that happening, but for the most part, until they, you know, get better regulations, and quite frankly, there uh, there was a um, a lawsuit that was just uh, passed. It's going to be an RPO topic, though, so I'm going to get too deep into it, but that might make the situation even worse. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. <sighs> okay. Mm. You want to go over these uh playoffs? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know we missed it when when it was announced, but I still think it's, it's I mean crazy to leave off Florida State, and I feel like it was a, a just a big cop out from the committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they didn't want to make a decision, so they just like, well, they just cut the team who lost their quarterback, and. It's like, I'm say, that's kind of how I look at it. They didn't want to leave out Bama or Texas. It is like, okay, well, let's just leave, leave out the team who uh, out the quarterback. I, str- I strongly feel that had if Texas was st- still a one-loss team, but that one loss was to Bama and not Oklahoma, and Bama's one loss was to random school, uh, I just – They would have they left out Texas. Exactly. But but they, they couldn't do that, you know, in, in good but I don't know. To me to me, I just hate the goalpost moving and that's the my biggest thing right there. Like yeah. the whole best team and I hate hearing these analysts on go online all high and mighty saying, Well, Florida State's not the best team. Look at how they played against Florida, look at how they played against Louisville. Am I if I'm not mistaken, they won both those games. And also uh they Beat LSU, Heisman Trophy winner, uh, yep. <laughs> Jaden Daniels. They beat by the Florida way, the SEC school. By the way, they got that right. Yeah, they beat the SEC school. They, you know, went undefeated ACC. They beat Louisville. Um, they did everything that they were supposed to do. Um, but but you want to pull out just because they lose their quarterback. And I, I understand they might not be the best team anymore, but that's why I hate that terminology because it's such a cop out and it's such it makes it so uh so subjective. When you're will, picking these I teams, say, and this is my take on it, I understand the committee like you're in a tough spot. And if we're going to be honest here, do I believe Florida State with Jordan Travis could make a run for the title? Yes. Without him, do I think they have a chance of winning the title? No. Honestly, mm-hmm. no. Does that mean that they shouldn't get in? No. Exactly. And the reason, and the reason why I go with that. Is because I'll take it back to TCU last year. 
if the committee would have looked at TCU, at, especially after they lost the Big 12 tie game, and said, you know what? This team can't win it. Like, we know this team is not going to win the national title. They don't have a shot to win it. If they would have left them out, then I think I would accept it more that you left out Florida State this year. Because then, just because, like, yes, we get it that you had this schedule, you went undefeated, but we don't pick teams and we stick with the, like, look, we believe these four are the best in the country. If they did that every single year, yeah, it's it's the goalpost movie. It's it's basically like they do whatever fits, you know, what works at at that time. Like, my thing is this if you're going to say four, best teams, right? And let's just leave it at that. Four best teams. One is subjective. You can't do that if you're lying and you say that. Two, though, right. how can you leave off Georgia in that, in that situation? I don't exactly. think Georgia deserves to go to the playoffs. So let's get, the, get that out there right now. I don't, think they, I don't think they deserve to be in the playoffs. You know, I mm-hmm. think Alabama has the bigger uh, argument than Georgia since they won their head-to-head. But if we're talking best teams, I think Georgia is the best team in the country. So it's it's it's, a, it's it's very you know it's very uh, close minded. Also, about this argument, you you know you, you um they criticized uh, Florida State for how they played in the last couple of games. Didn't Alabama need a miracle to beat a six and six Auburn team? Yes, who got boat raced by New Mexico State the week before? Let's not yep. forget about that. New Mexico State. Beat them thirty-one so, to ten the week before oh, that. Remember, remember, Auburn has struggled to throw the forward pass this whole season. Yeah, uh, so that's my thing. And again, I do think that the four teams that they pick will give us the best playoff as far as competition and as far as ratings. Because I mean, Texas is back. You know, <laughs> you know that that's a, that, that's that, that's a big school. Alabama, big school. You know, Ohio State. Not Ohio. I'm sorry. Michigan, <laughs> and then you got Washington. So, I mean, you have I, – I do think that it's going to be an exciting playoff. And then also my issue that I have as well um, is I feel like them pitting Florida State versus Georgia in a bowl game, it's a way for them to be like, you see, this is why we didn't pick uh, Florida State because we know Georgia's going to beat the crap out of Florida State probably. And I think yeah, it, 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 and I think it's gonna it's give them so that unfair. it's gonna give them that that validation of oh this is why we didn't do it but in reality you know uh, it's so unfair <laughs> in reality it's not you mutually exclusive it. like it, it, you know like just because they might get blown by Georgia what they probably will doesn't mean that they don't blow in the playoffs like I well, don't think those two things are the same I think depending on how you pick it. And like I said, I just I'm a firm believer in consistency. Like I said, if you said every single year we want the best of the best, the 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 best of the best, and the guys who've been through the fire, that's the teams that we want. And they consistently pick those four year in and year out. And had they done that again this year, I would say, well, you know what? The committee has shown this. They shown yeah, exactly. And then I would I, I would have told you like, hey, Trent, you know what? They stay consistent. Do you remember like in year one, right? I remember, I remember. When Mississippi State, because they had they had lost to Alabama, you know, so they dropped to four, and so they were four going into the last week of the season, and Ohio State, you know, were they kind of struggled most of the season. They had that, that bad loss against Virginia Tech. They beat Michigan, and then you know, so the whole argument was, well, Mississippi State would have to win convincingly to keep that four spot because Ohio State, being the conference champion, will probably hold president right. And that's right. kind of how they kind of worded it. 
And then it was like, oh, no, we don't care about conference championships no more. We only care about the best team. Like, the goalpost moves depending on what narrative they want to push. And that's, that's, that's my issue. If you want to be consistent, I get it. You but know, because, also because, was... because the argument that you gave with TCU is perfect. Like, TCU, we said last year they were going to drop some games. And they ended up not. They ended up just escaping every week. But yep. were they one of the four best teams? No, we knew that. No. Yeah. But they earned their they earned their right to play off with their play. And that's what Florida State did. They earned their right with their play. I don't know what else you can say. Now, I will say this. Next year, we'll, we won't ever have this problem again. You know, because once you get to teams 13, 14, 15, you're going to have a lot of wrong with your resume. Mm-hmm. I don't think you have – I mean, to be fair, what is – who are the top 13? 12. Yeah, you know, no, I'm saying like the reason I say the top thirteen is because whoever that thirteenth team is, oh yeah, I'm willing to bet has quite a few losses on their. Yeah, I mean even now though, like yeah, I the feel 13th that team would be LSU. Yeah, who has three losses? So like by the time you get to thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, all of those three have three losses. And really, realistically speaking, though, you got to go to number twelve because you got to add a group of five team. Oh, so from 12. So, wow. you know, a group of five teams is going to jump. Yeah, so from 12 to 15. Yeah. Are you kidding me? So, my it's, thing is this, though. Like, so Oklahoma. Yeah, so my thing is this, though. Like, you telling me that Penn State or Ole Miss deserve a shot to play for a national championship? And, and, that's, and, that, and that's what's going to happen with the 12th with and playoff. That's why I don't like it, but it is what it is. Like, I've, I've made my arguments about that, you know. Um, I let it be known, but that is what it is. I really but, wish like, this is why I hate ESPN. Um, you go to that site to look at the college football playoff ranks. Like, why you have ads? You're ESPN. I don't need <laughs> overlay ads. Um, my catch is this: looking at that, like you said, Michigan, Washington, Texas, Bama, then Florida State, Georgia, Ohio State, Oregon, Missouri. Penn State, Ole Miss, and then I don't know who that team would be, the small school, let's say Tulane. Um, it wouldn't matter. Yeah, like I think we forget, and before this is before we move on. One thing people forget, this is not basketball. Where you know, oh, Steph Curry can have some magic and he's gonna go crazy and drop fifty or 40, whatever he did against Georgetown. Like, you know, that happens in basketball. We see that in the tournament. Do people really believe if you line up Bama and Georgia against Tulane that Tulane's going to win this game? Yeah, exactly. You know, like, I, we joke, but, you know, we've had, I've had this discussion with Run before, and I think I've had it with you. Notre Dame, I don't think is an. I think they're a good program. I don't think they're as elite as they think they are. However, if you take Notre Dame's offensive line, those future Pro Bowlers at the rate that they go, do you does anybody really believe that power running attack is not gonna just roll over ULF yet? Yeah, because it's no longer UL isn't like oh we're going to South Bend to shock the world this is our Super Bowl no 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 this is playoff football that that Notre Dame team's going to be amped up to play they're going to maul those kids like I I don't under really understand 
I never liked the idea of twelve. I thought six was the best number. Oh, I've always said that. I said like I, I thought like, I went to eight. I, would I was fine it. with two. Four was good. Six was perfect. Eight would have been okay. Twelve is too much. That's kind of how yeah. I felt it. At eight, I would say, well, okay, fine, whatever. It, it makes it easy. Six, I thought was just perfect. Yep. You know, you get those two bye weeks, and even if you wanted to just be like the NFL, where only the number one team gets a bye, you could have done that. You could have done that, and with seven, but I don't know you want to go with that way. But it is. You could have done that, but it would have been a big deal. Six would have been perfect. Actually, you know what? I, I would have liked that. That would have been interesting. Like, who could be be that number one team? That's gonna get that by, you know, everybody else is, you know, that would have been, been a huge advantage. Yeah, that would have been cool. You, know, you get you get that extra week to prepare mm-hmm. while these teams are scrapping and battling. And you're like, like and mm-hmm. you can see the argument with like, well, this year I think Michigan would have been kind of kind of a clear favorite number one, but you can see that argument, like say Georgia would have been undefeated Michigan, it's like who's gonna get that that by, you know? Because like you said, it's a huge help. Having that extra to prepare and to watch, you mm-hmm. get to watch because it's a playoff game. Guys are teams are going to use their best stuff yep. for a playoff game, and you're sitting there and saying, "Nah, they've been holding this back all season." Or you know, they used they were doing this early in the year, and this is what they did these last couple of weeks. We got a game plan. I think that would have been just just really really good, but hey, you know. On a less sour note, before we move on to the RPO, did you watch the NBA in-season tournament? Yep, I was a little disappointed. Such a magic missed it by five points. Um, <laughs> but, you know, yep. that sort of stuff. But, yeah, no, I watched it. Uh, I actually flew to Vegas the night of the in-season tournament. Um, and well, I didn't I – mean, I, was, I was there after the tournament ended or whatever, but – uh, but yeah, um, great basketball. Um, I do. I do, I did like the fact because I, I said this on our last show about you know what I wanted to see. I was glad that Indiana did make that run because because now I feel like Tyrese Halliburton is starting to get that recognition that he's deserved. I mean, the guy's averaging like twenty seven and like thirteen assists or something, hey, so, hey, something hey. ridiculous like that. Like he's he knows int has been talking about him. Yeah. So it was good to see that, and I, and I, and I want, now you you know you're seeing people really talk them up now, to the point where like I saw people going a little overboard with it and saying that yeah Indiana is like you know you know um, one of the best teams in the East now oh, like, okay. I, like okay. I wouldn't go that far oh, but you know but but they they definitely did had a good run. They um, have one of the best players in the East. I, I yeah, yeah. Um, Anthony Davis was a man amongst boys in that championship game. But but forty and twenty. Oh, I'm uh, pretty with five sure blocks. Turner went back to Texas because he he didn't play that night. There's yeah. no way. Oh, he also didn't play. Uh, kind of like transition real quick before we go back to that. He also didn't play uh, the other night against Giannis when Giannis put up sixty four on him. Yeah, I'm telling you that guy's he is the new Houdini. <laughs> He's <laughs> no like and. We don't make fun of players like that. You know, we always try to keep respectful. But, I mean, come on. Seriously, Turner? Yeah. Seriously? Hey, he he's had a tough time. Not as tough as you know, old Draymond. Yeah. 
They both having some tough times. Just yeah, maybe, I, don't, maybe I, don't know, I don't know what's going on with Draymond right now. Maybe that should be the YouTube video we do next. Maybe, you know, all of Draymond's... Put him in MMA. He apparently likes to fight. Yeah. Know. Oh, the memes have been hilarious with him, like, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, in a uh, WWE 2K uh, game. Oh, stuff. Creative fighter, UFC, you know. But, yeah. when, he, when he went choke Rudy Gobert, who was trying to stop a fight, yeah, like I do. Like, okay, so that's the thing. Like, and and we've talked about this. Like, I get the idea of like when you're fighting, you break up your own teammate. So he sees Rudy Gobert put his hand on Clay. He's like, hold on, let me interject. But to choke him, that was a oh, bit much. I will say this, and I do mean it. I like it when I see O linemen, like if a D lineman or a linebacker is you know kind of shoving the running back. And instead of pulling the running back away or separate, just when they just come out of nowhere and just lay the dude out, I'm a fan of that. You know, yeah. protect your own. But the difference is that's just 15 yards. Not run up to him, Kyle Turley style, and rip his helmet off. No. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah. Back to the terminal. Uh, Lakers. Yeah. You know, they definitely took it, took it serious. Like, like yeah, I don't did. know. Like, and I actually applaud that though. I applaud LeBron for that. Um, because he kind of like set that tone, you know, of like, hey, we're gonna take this serious. Um, I know people are like, you know, making um a lot of memes and stuff now about them potentially putting putting the banner up in season tournament. But I do think if you want this to be something that's gonna be legitimized and um later on down down the line, you need to try to take it serious now. Yeah, we not, we kind of laugh at it because it's season tournament, but eventually, if it's anything like what they do overseas, you know, uh, in soccer. You know, they, over there it's a big deal. The NC terms are a big deal over there, um, but it took time to build up that that tradition. So, um, look, five hundred thousand dollars is a whole lot of money. Yeah, I mean, you you, you got guys like like two way players, you know, who's making about five five six seven hundred thousand dollars, you know, yeah, uh, on their now, contract. Personally, if they're in they're in L A. The winners, so you're probably gonna get what twenty three hundred. I'm gonna say two thirty. Yeah, that seems mm-hmm. about right. You probably get about two thirty. Oh, no. uh, because you know that's a that's a check. It, it, it yeah. sucks, but you know, look, Kelly gonna take their cut. Although, in which the reason I say, I'm saying that though, taxes wise, that might actually help some of you smaller franchises. If you say, "Hey, look, we could raise the money up," you know, instead of five hundred, let's say every player gets seven fifty. Yeah, but you know what? Guess what happens if you are a Solid role player, yeah. You can go play for the Lakers and have Cali take your cash, or you could come to Memphis. Yeah, but I can see cases where, like, you know, in the future, obviously, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not being in nobody's pockets here when I say that, so I'm being disrespectful, of course. But I can see cases in the future where, like, say, you know, say the Suns next year win it, for instance. I can mm-hmm. see a case where KD, Book, and Bill be like, hey, we're gonna give our five hundred thousand to. We're gonna spread it out amongst the other guys, you know, and, and give them a bigger bonus, you know. I, I can see that happening, you know, because oh. uh, yeah, again, respect. Yeah, nobody's pocket. But of the NBA players <laughs> I've met, that's my man. Some of you dudes, I don't want to call them cheap. Oh no, are most definitely not cheap. Is not the word I would use. Financially irresponsible is the word I would use. Mm-hmm. But I can think of one that used to play in Houston. The Harden? Yeah, I wasn't going to say his name. Oh, but... <laughs> I didn't want to expose this man. 
But that dude, no, he ain't giving his teammates a dime. Yeah, but yeah. I'm just saying, like, I can see that being a thing, you know, what kind of what think, what what, what, what people would do. Team, I think the culture, but you are correct. But like, if this was when the Spurs had Tim Duncan and company, I could definitely see Tim Duncan and Tony Parker saying, "Yeah, you know what." We'll take our checks. We'll pass it to the guys, you know, who didn't get a lot of PT or the role players who really helped us. Mm-hmm. I do think certain cultures of the team, but this new generation, nah, that, that, that new generation, they they they're not worried about that. Yeah, but uh, I, I did see an interesting thing. I don't agree with this, by the way, but and we we actually you know mentioned this when we were brainstorming a while back when this was announced. Um, but there are people who are like you know people in the NBA actually. So not just this isn't just you know fans talking now. Who actually suggesting that maybe the NCAA tournament team should get an automatic playoff spot? Again, I never liked that idea, but I think I personally but, think just give them the extra game on their schedule, you know, like in the win column, um, like like reward them with that win to where like at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the season, you know, if it comes down to a game or two, they have the extra game to nudge them up. You know, what I think would be a good one. Is if you win in season term because it's a I'm gonna say marrying of the ideas, it's a tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. Like that too. Simple, like if you're like, oh well, we have 52 wins, and like the Lakers finished 52 and 30, and somebody else finished 52 and 30. They're like, yeah, but the Lakers get the seed. Yep. Th- because they won the in season tournament, they're the number one seed. Uh, yeah, another idea that I saw, I, I, I don't like this one as much, but again, it's not ideal, so you know, it is what it is, uh, was someone, this is actually a fan, but someone mentioned that maybe the the, um, the person, the team that went in, the NCAA tournament should get their final ranking, the final standings uh, bumped up by two spots, meaning if they finish fourth, they should jump up to second. Again, I don't actually like that because you got to hmm. factor in how, how far back they are. Like if they're like six right. games back, it's like come on now, it's ridiculous. That's what I'm like, I, that was that was tough, but yeah. I, I, I will say this: I think it's a positive sign for the NBA that people are um, are very interested and motivated, and even having ideas to improve it. I think that's going to be. I, I think the term is here to stay. I will say, and I think from talking to people, it seems like everyone really enjoyed. The end season tournament. I'm, I'm here for it. Like that, yeah. that's because, and, and also to be fair, I think one of the best things that's good for the NBA this season has been amazing. Yeah, no, it's just some great basketball. Like one of the things I kind of would like them to, to do moving forward with the, with the um end season tournament is I know how they had the pool like the pool play was like Tuesdays and Fridays, and it was you know kind of scattered around, but you had your regular games mixed in between. Part of me want them to just lump it all at once. Like, okay, between November 20th through December, whatever, every game that's going to be played is going to be a pool game or the tournament itself when it starts off. And that way, it just gives that whole, like, the, that whole time is like, it's, it's the whole vibe of, like, this is the in-season tournament going on, as opposed to kind of breaking it up, which it worked, you know, for scheduling purposes. So I understand it, you know. Uh, because you you know the, the way they did it, it kind of spread out and it made the games in November and um you know a lot more important because it was like you know it was spread out over time. But I like the idea of just doing it all at once and just you know for the for like a two or three week stretch, just like 
this is all you know. You, you play your pool games, then we go to the tournament, and I think it'll just give that whole you know vibe of like we're in tournament season. But that's just one of my little nip. That's something that doesn't have to happen because the way they did it actually worked, you know, well. But that's just something that I kind of look at. No, I like it. Is I'm I'm here for it. I hope I hope the NBA keeps it going. I will yeah. say I hope, really hope they keep it going. Yeah. Um, next thing look for the forward to the NBA is the All Star break. So, you know, um, be interested to see now the um, you know, we are we, we did just just um just pass the unofficial trade um day of the NBA just happened. So we probably see some trades coming up soon. And by unofficial trade, what I mean is that like a lot of those players who signed those contracts in the summer are now eligible to be traded. Oh, yeah. Now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we kind of, you know, so we, we kind of hit that, that, that milestone of the NBA. So be interesting to see if guys like Zach Levine gets moved. I know he's one of the big ones. Pascal Siakam is another big one. Uh, maybe OG, uh, Adenobi, I don't think he's only traded though, but he might get moved. It's a lot of names, you know, that can really help some help help out some of these contenders. <clears throat> I'm I'm looking at Zach Levine, like especially him, because Siakam. I'm not sure what contender could use his services right now, but Levine, I think Levine could help a team get over the hump. Mm-hmm. I, I think he can help a team. It's, and I'm not knocking Siakam. Like, I think Siakam's a solid player. But I just don't see a contender that could use him. Yeah. You know, but as if far I'm as... A, if I'm a team like the Celtics or the team like, I don't know, I'm trying to think out west here, um, team like, like New Orleans, you know, or... A guy who I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying to get, and I granted I wouldn't trade him if you know, is Jonathan Isaac. He's finally healthy. Granted that the, the kind of managing minutes, but when he's been on the court defensively, he's been an absolute monster. And he's a guy who, if if he's on a contender like a Boston or something like that, come in give you 15 to 20 minutes of playoff basketball, like 12 of those minutes in the second half. Um, like I think he can really change some games for you in the playoffs. Like that's a, that's a guy who I'm getting on the phone with and trying to get. Um, and because of his injury history and because he's not starting, you might be able to get him for cheap. To be honest with you, if, but if I'm the Magic, I'm not trading them because the Magic are currently third in the East. You know they're playing great basketball, and you know I think you want to keep him obviously. But if I'm a contender, that's a guy that I'm like, hey, is is Isaac available? You know, and I would at least throw it out there. Like, hey, is he available? See, I think... Hmm. It's, you know who else I think needs to get a change of place? And I've said this for a while, but I, I think it's finally time. And I don't think they're going to do it, but they should. Because while Isaac, I think, would be a great piece for a team like the Celtics, all the other is is, if the Lakers had the cap space, I would go after Isaac. Yeah. Because I think that would be a huge help for them. Because mm-hmm. he it would play be. a couple of different spots. No, Isaac would be a great pickup for them. Another team I think that should go after Isaac is um, I would like to see the Sixers do it. Just because I, I'm a fan of Joel Embiid. I know the Sixers are just like a – I don't know how to describe them. They're a good team. They got rid of Harden. They, they seem they like got, they can – They got better. So like they got, got a lot better. 
since they got real hard. Like I said, so bringing in a guy who can help get some stops and can score the basketball be a great pickup. Yeah. Now, but, uh, again, like I said, he's, he's not necessarily on the market. I'm just saying, if I'm a team, a contender, a, a, a contender, I'm calling and at least inquiring. Hey, is Isaac available? What do you? What would you take for him? You know. Well, I was gonna say that's the catch. You know, sometimes all it takes is it's just giving a call. That's all it is, is just giving a call and seeing, hey, because all you can do is tell me no. Yep. It's literally, the worst thing that can happen is no. And, but I will say this, a team that needs, I, I it's probably blasphemy, but I think it's time to move on. Do you think the Pelicans should just move on from Zion? Man, I don't know. Like, I know he's been getting ripped for his conditioning lately. It's just, it's sad to watch it because I feel like he, like, I don't know just, how to. He's just not really. I don't want to, like, say he's not taking it serious because I don't know what he's doing, you know, in his spare time. I really don't. But from the, from the, like, the optics of it is that he's just not really taking his conditioning seriously. I'm a and he looks, he, he looks 300 pounds. I'm sorry. Yeah, he does. I'm going to say this, and I, I do mean it, and this is just from being out in the barbershop, talking with guys who are in the NBA, and, and other guys who've played in the NBA for a very long time. And one of the things that guys have told me was this. There's a lot of dudes in the NBA who do not like basketball. Yeah. They, he is like, they, they don't like it. He's like, they for damn sure don't love it. And I've even heard, since we already talked about Harden, Harden was one of those people that say it. There's lots of dudes who play it that don't they don't care about going to work on their game. And guess what they're gonna do every night after the game is over? Man, I don't even get to play. But it's yeah. Cool. You know the, the the perfect example of that? Yeah. Ben Simmons. He I, I don't think he likes the game. Because even, he's a guy like, who came into the league instantly was one of the best players in the league. And was and, and but he pretty much kept that same level of play. For the first few years, and then once the injury started creeping up and other things, it just really declined. But he he never took that leap. And I think, you know, if he would have just taken a small leap, you know, it's no telling how great he would have been. But he well, never took a leap. Like, he, you can tell he wasn't really working on his game like that. He, and, and that was one of the things he was saying. He's like, guys don't like to work. He's like, there's a lot of dudes who just don't like to work. And I was like, and... How can I say this best? I could not see myself getting the chance to do something I absolutely love to do. Something I've been working on as a kid, you know, and having the chance to do it for a living. And then just saying, eh, whatever. But then one of the things I remember, you know, another guy saying, said, he's like, well, you forget, a lot of these dudes didn't always play basketball. He's like, a lot of kids pick up basketball. He's like, you know, some of these dudes grow to 6'9", six, 6'10". Six, they get to 7 foot. They they weren't playing basketball at 7, 8, 9 years old. They weren't playing hoops in the yard, begging people to get them a goal. They weren't doing that. It's like a lot of these guys pick up basketball their ninth, 10th grade year because they're 6'7". Yep, they're just freakishly athletic. And then he's like, you know, we'll get guys who are like, oh, I grew to 6'10", 6'11". So I just started playing basketball. Okay. Well, you know, I played football. I played baseball. I ran track. So, you know, they're already a decent athlete. And he's like, they work hard enough 
to just get there. And I was like, that's the one thing I love about the small ball. Hopefully, I wish it would kick more of these big guys out. Because Zion is efficiently averaging about 23 points this year. Yep. There's nothing wrong. And, and it's ridiculous that we're going to have this conversation about Zion averaging 23. But that seems low for him. Yeah, he should easily be in that 26, 27 points a game range. But, again, I mean, I do like that he's efficient with it. But I just feel like he's just not really. He's not taking this seriously. Yeah. Like, he, he, I do mean. You, you, can, you can almost argue that his game has regressed a little bit. I don't think that it has, but you can make the argument though, and I can listen to it. I, that's why I just think it's time for him to move on. Yeah, you know, but but my question point- is this though: like when you're trading Zion, that's going to be a quote unquote Zion tax in a sense that teams are not going to like want to pay as much because of his conditioning history. So you're not going to really get the what he's you know you're not going to really get back what he's really worth. Um, at least, see, right, at least but, not right now. Well, see, that's what I was gonna say. I don't know, and that's also the downside with a player like Zion because Zion, for the kids, this new generation, Shaq, incredible talent, right? And that that's actually gonna be part of my question of the week involving Shaq. But like I said, superstar talent could do all the things. But, but one of Shaq's biggest problems is his conditioning. Mm-hmm. Shaq didn't like to work out. I think Shaq loved basketball. I will say I do think Shaq actually liked basketball. I think he liked the limelight. I think he liked making plays. I think he liked being Shaq Diesel. I really do. But Shaq did not like to work out. Yeah. But the difference is Shaq will eventually get in shape throughout the season. You know, in the offseason, Shaq might come in at 400 pounds, but at the end of the season, Shaq was not close to that, you know? Yeah. I look at Zion. It's one thing if he started every September, October preseason, we see Zion wobbling at 300. Cool. But at the end of the season, he finishing at 250. Would you care? No. You'd be like, well, look, Zion just takes the offseason. He... He he relaxes. He heals. Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, I would still care because I would want him to to, to, to take it serious year round. But of course, at, at least you know that when you know because you don't want him to get to a to, to a case where he don't drop that weight. You know that makes sense. Exactly. Like, so you you know so you want him to be you know um you want him to be able to take it seriously. But I could work with somebody who yeah. comes to work and works. Yeah. It this this boy. You have the world is your oyster. You can go get whatever you want. There's nothing stopping Zion. Mm-hmm. He could be the he could be a huge star in the NBA. He's not doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think if he if the Pelicans just said, you know, it's time to move on. I would I don't know what's the package. I'm not even sure what team should make a trade for him. But I just think New Orleans, this New Orleans thing's not going to work. And Brandon Ingram is a doggone good player. Yeah. They have some talent on that team. I, I mean, like, got a good trio from McCollum, Zion, and um, Ingram, but. Mm-hmm. And even Valachunas is, you know, he's a, a tough, he's a tough, he's a tough big. 
Yeah, not slouch. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah. um, hopefully Zion gets together. Uh, but yeah, so far the NBA season has been amazing. So, yeah. it's a lot of story. It's a lot of storylines. Yeah. All right. Speaking of storylines, we're gonna move on to our RPO here. Uh, before we wrap this thing up here, uh, you guys know the drill: RPO, run pass option. Read the headline if you want to run with this. We can run. If not, we'll pass it. All right. Oh. We uh, so just coming up our NBA discussion. We we mentioned this briefly, but we can kind of expand on a little bit more. Uh, Draymond Green suspended indefinitely, uh, and NBA cites his repeated history for their suspension. Run a pass. Oh, run with it, cause like he likes to run the fade. Yeah. Come on, bro. <laughs> this man. This man. He Zion, not Zion. Draymond has become that dude in the gym who, because he can't play basketball well, just wants to fight. Yep. You know, and while it's cool to have that guy on your team, it can also be annoying. Mm-hmm. He's that guy, and I say this because I've, like, I'm telling an actual real story of something that happened. But he's a guy who's like playing basketball when things not going his way. He grabs the ball and punts it like thirty-eight yards across yep. the, uh, across the park. <laughs> like, like, dude, really? It wasn't even your ball. Is that even your ball? <laughs> and because yeah. nobody really wants to tussle with him, because what was it? The NBA is just I, where is John Morant when you need him? Yeah, so, he, he just become back soon. Let me see how many games the Memphis played this season. Uh, so he had twenty-five games suspension. Oh, he's got to be back. He is. Um, be let's back. see. Memphis has played. Uh, they've played twenty-three games, so two more games. Oh, okay. All right. I'm be honest. I can't wait to see him come back. Yeah. Jabber, look, Ja, get it together. But back to Draymond and his fighting ways. This. I think it's good the NBA is finally stepping in. But at the same time, I will say this. NBA, if, you know, I know the game is different now, but did they watch 80s basketball? Mm. You know, if Bill and Bear didn't get suspended indefinitely, what has Draymond done that's really worse than the bad boy Pistons? I mean, hey, but it was what it is, though. It's a different day, different age, yeah. you know. It is a different era. And then also, like I said, it's just a repeat of this. I mean, he stumped the bonus last year in the playoffs. Um, that was the LeBron incident in 2016. Well, that uh, was different. I will say the LeBron incident is different. How so? Oh, the only reason I stand by that. As a grown man. Did he stepped over him? Yeah, you ain't going to do that to me. <laughs> no, I ain't think you, gotta, I, you ain't got to swing low. But if he, I will say this, if he would have stood up and then punched LeBron square in the face, I was, I really would side with Draymond. <laughs> because yeah. that's, that's disrespectful. And, but I think if you, if I stand to you man to man after you did something disrespectful to me and I punch you in the face, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, I'm going to take my suspension. And, you know, oh well. But guess what? I promise this, he ain't going to do it again. Yeah. You know, a, li- a little tap. You know, a little sack tap. No, 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 no. I want, I want this fight to be enough to where you know, I'd never step over Draymond again. Which, granted, seeing the stuff Draymond has been doing recently, no one would ever step over Draymond again. So, yeah. yeah. It, it, but 
I will say this, Draymond. I don't know where to rank Draymond as a player anymore. I I don't know because I've always thought he's overrated. I always thought, he, but I mean, I mean, I can see the importance that he brings to the team. Don't get me he's wrong. A glue guy. Um, he's you know, good. great defender. You know, amazing defender and very versatile offensively. Uh, aside from shooting, of course, but very versatile. You know, can bring the ball up the court, initiate the offense. Um, great in the in the pick and roll game. Um. I mean, he's, you know, very important player, but I just always think that you could have got a guy like, say, I don't know, uh, Al Horford. He could have done the same thing, if not better. So, that's always been my opinion on Draymond. Was that? Yeah, he's a good player, though. But, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like I think, you know, a, a good player. You don't have to be great, but a good player. Could, you know. reminds me of, but I actually think this player was is better than Draymond. I really do. It's like Joe Kim Noah. Yeah, exactly. Because, like people forget, Joe Kim. I used to wonder, like, man, he is—is is he good at basketball? But then at the same, then I watch him play. Like, no, he's not. And then I watch another play of him. Like, man, he just made a great play. Mm-hmm. And then he go make this crazy effort play, diving for a loose ball at seven foot, slapping the inbounds, and like that dude was such a a talent at that. Now, yeah. is he a, the greatest defensive big? No. Is he the greatest passing big? No. He was never a great offensive player, but Joe Kim Noah was a really good basketball player, and I think he would be really good in today's era. I think so. I wish Draymond could just stick in his role. You don't have to be the enforcer. The NBA don't require that these days. Yeah. Just, just, just move on, son. Get you some help. Yeah. Uh, speaking of getting help, the Chargers needed some help last night. Um, but, oh, my. Uh, so, after that game last night, Chargers has fired Coach Brandon Staley. Uh, Run a pass. I mean, the, the Raiders did both. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. This, when it was 42 nothing, all I was thinking is, I hope they don't get 96. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Ooh. Raiders of all teams. And the worst part about it is, you know, with, this is the NFL. With a backup quarterback. Well, that's what I'm going to say. This is the NFL. Backups tend not to get in the game. You know, they tend not to get in the game. Tons of people were running the football for them. They were just giving the football to anybody. Jacoby Myers threw a touchdown pass and caught a touchdown pass. I think they should have let him run it one time. Just, mm. you know, why not? It was, this is. Is this one of the most pathetic efforts we've ever seen from an NFL team? It's definitely up there. Hey, definitely up there. I didn't watch the game. I remember, like, I turned to it. It was like twenty-one zero. I'm like, okay, that was quick. And I checked. I check, kept checking the score, like thirty-five. I'm like, I'm just sitting here, like, what the, what is going on here? The problem with it is, hey, just looking at it, that this is that part. Both teams ran the same amount of plays. <laughs> They both ran 63 plays. The only problem is the Raiders averaged a point a play. Yeah, I didn't know that was possible. I don't think anybody knew that was possible. Um, I think that says it all. Hey, as a coach, you can't even, like, we ran 63 plays, scored 63 points. Like, it's, 
I don't know what you even say. But then I don't know. I, I'm I'm just I'm lost for words that they could play that bad. Mark, look, Schottenheimer in the playoffs couldn't have did this. <laughs> We're back on that one. Oh yeah. <laughs> if y'all know the man, them charging teams back in the day would be loaded. Yeah. Just ripping a hole through the AFC. Get to the playoffs, one and done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Schottenheimer. Marty Schottenheimer. My God. All right, moving on. <laughs> uh, Nick Saban has been called out for illegal cheating before a Michigan game. Run oh, back. he's not that coach. He saw that? <laughs> <laughs> this ain't right, bro. I remember but that ain't right. Saban, I side with you all the time. And everybody knows I'm not the biggest fan of Michigan. But that ain't right. So for those who don't know, uh, Alabama hired a former Michigan linebackers coach, George uh, Hilo. And according to Nick Saban, he will be here working immediately. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, that's, that's not right, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But, yeah. So, that's that. What do you think about that? I think that's horrible, man. <laughs> that is horrible. And I don't know what to say. Like, yeah. I don't think... You know what? That can't be right, bruh. Like, that has to become a new rule that you can't do. Can't hide about it, like, to, to, uh, just basically four games. Yeah, there's... See, that's what I said, like, the, the, MB, the, the NCAA is two separate worlds. And that's why these small schools, the group of five trying to play up with them, because of what the NCAA is becoming, it's not gonna matter. Yeah. You know, nah, man. This, this, that's not right. That's not. Yeah. Right. It's not right, but hey, you know. The worst part about it is true because did you see the reaction of the Michigan players when they got announced banned? Uh. Uh-uh. Oh yeah, yeah. They were happy. I thought. Some of them. Look at the ones in the back. Yeah. No. But uh, um, I mean, like you know, Nick Saban, he he really, uh, he he really does bend the rules. But one thing I, I will say about Saban, though, that does irk me, though, that I do feel like if this happened against him, he'd make a big deal about it. Oh, he would. But also, yeah. he is also the person when he'll say, "Hey, this rule needs to be changed," and people say, "Ha ha, you're complaining." Oh yeah, and then he used his advantage. Then he used his advantage. Everybody's like, "That's not fair." And he's like, "Well, I told y'all." Yeah, you know, I said this was gonna happen, and he did it. And, and I'm just saying, I I just don't think this is right. Yeah. Yeah. You know. All right. Uh, next topic here. Uh, so the Big Ten had their you know their uh, awards. You know, speaking of Michigan, I guess. Um, um, you know the the All Big Ten team. Right. One coach voted for Iowa's punter Tory Taylor as Big Ten's Player of the Year. Run pass. Didn't he break an NCAA record? I don't know. But I thought it was hilarious. I thought he did. Like, he had... Oh, no, no. If he hasn't broken it yet, he will break the record for, like, yards punted. But the go- this record is ridiculously old. And when I say, like, old, I had Richard Wood, man. Like, this old... It's one of those records from, like, 1942 or something. <laughs> you know, it's... 
It's one of those things. Yeah, the record has been. I was not even joking. It's eighty-five years old. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. do you realize how crazy that is? Like that's one of those records where people are like no one would ever break this. He broke an eighty-five-year-old mm. record with a punt. It was said in nineteen thirty-eight. It's also by yeah. it was also by a Big Ten football player, Michigan State. That I think that says enough about this conference. But the point is, this man broke a record that we didn't think was possible. Hey man, he had plenty of practice. You know what? I say he should be the Big Ten Player of the Year. Crap, they. So that was actually good. They went to the Big Ten Championship game. Was... He was the best player in that team. Mm-hmm. No arguments for me. He he he's he's gonna own all the punting records in hit the history of college football. Yeah. No, no, no. Congratulations, kid. You know, I don't. I know your name, but you were definitely gonna be on the INTs. You. Yeah. You're one of the goats. Put him in the college football hall of fame. I agree. Oh yeah, Ray guy, move over. Oh, you know, which I thought about that. When I said Ray guy. Uh, um, just before we go too far, um, uh, it's the tournament thing. Uh, I, I want to bring this up. One thing I did see, I forgot who mentioned this. I think it was I don't know if it was Shannon Sharp or somebody. Uh, I don't know what Shannon Sharp. I forgot who it was. It was but somebody. No, it was somebody who actually talked to um to Silver after the NCAA tournament, and they suggested, and he said he's actually considered thinking about it. But they should name the NCAA tournament MVP after LeBron James. You know, he because he won the first MVP, and I thought that actually like you know like not not even joking. That's actually a really good idea. I think he should really have that trophy named after him after um he retires. So um anyway, is he gonna be paying me back for those two t- tickets? Probably not. Okay, then I hope he doesn't get that name back to him. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he will, though. I think no, he should, though. No, no, no. Like I said, if I ever run into that dude, or if he ever listens to this podcast, just run my money back, bro. Or just just mm. tell me, or just give me a nice apology. Yeah. A simple, my bad, bro. That's it. Yeah. I would take that. And the, I, the worst part is, I would actually wear that NBA store bought custom King James LeBron official Cavs jersey. I would wear it for the second time. I wore it that mm-hmm. night. It felt so yeah. stupid. So stupid. All right, last topic here. Uh, it's going to be a little, little, little bit of a two-parter, but the judges ruling favors NCAA athletes seeking a second transfer. Um, and then the little second part to this is um, there's a temporary restraining order 14-day restraining order. So NCAA is basically saying that players who play during this restraining order, you know, um, and if the ruling is overturned, they're going to lose eligibility. So, anyway, run up I'm running with this. This is college. You know what? At this point, what these dudes are turning this into, for the select few who are getting paid off of this, because remember, this is not the majority. I kind of want to go back to my old standpoint. Just get rid of college. Just, just, just for the ones who want to be college athletes, great. But for the few who are like, no, I don't care about school, just make them employees of the school. Yeah. And if you get cut, if you get, like, I remember that's what Mike Leach was talking about, but you don't care. You know, 
And the kids are like, well, I don't care about the history of Michigan, or I don't care about Notre Dame, I don't care about Bama, the Iron Bowl means nothing. Like, for the ones who, who just simply only care about making their money, and there's, I'm not saying they're bad people, but if that's all you care about, then cool. But just just go pro, I hope. You know? Yep. But this, this, this is bad. And, and, and if you're trying to transfer this much and with no consequence, cause I think people forget, most coaches aren't jumping from school to school year after year. The ones that do no. school, they're getting fired. Is that safe to say? Yep. So getting fired is not the same thing as willingly leaving. That's a big difference. I I hate this. Like I, I think just separate it. Simple as that. You want to be a, a student and go to class. And I like the idea of, like you said, if you're a student and you go to class, you get your check when you finish. Whether it's yep. pro or graduation. Good job. Congratulations, son. And if you don't care about school, don't make them go to school. Yep. You don't get a scholarship. You get your NIL deal and you figure out life. But, but you can get traded. You can get cut. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's what I'm going to say. The other catch is, if we say at the end of the season, we didn't like your performance, goodbye. I don't want to hear about you crying and say, well, I didn't get nothing out of Alabama. Oh, well. They gave you a check. You signed it. You made more money than most people in the state of Alabama will make per year. No one cares. Yeah. Because the one thing I think these players forget is always the way, and this is me. This is my personal opinion and viewpoint. When the NBA and the NFL have these negotiations about the CBA, I like to believe, like, oh, I hope the players can kind of get some of the stuff they want. Or, because I don't, but at the end of the day, I don't really care. Because I'm not a player. So, at a certain point, as I care, was going to be the best fan experience for me. That might be selfish, but the same way with college football, I always want the best fan experience. Yeah. And the guys who don't care, that's okay. If you don't care about the Iron Bowl, that's fine. Just go play football. But for the ones that do, the, the kids who actually care and couldn't wait to be on those teams and sign their love intent, you know, I think that small group is trying to ruin it for you all. It's like those crazies who are like, don't play NCAA football. They, those mm-hmm. are human beings. Is no, I... I'm very much against it. Like this whole extra transfer, no. Two years? Could you imagine it? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, again, I don't mind the one-year transfer. And not say not again, because I, I say it all the time. As long as coaches can process players, players should be able to leave without penalty that first year. I don't have a problem with that in a nope. sense. But when you combine that with NIL, and you combine that with the fact that these people are transferred, as, as it is now, People are constantly transferred multiple times and getting waivers. Like it, as it is. Yeah, you, you can. know. Um, but if you make it to where like there's no waiver required, it's just it's it's, it's already crazy as it is. Like describe decide this year. Oh, I'm gonna leave. Yeah. I I wanna go play for the LSU. Cause you know, Daniels is gonna be gone, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I want to play for LSU. Um, okay. I just, I don't know. 
I'm I'm not a big fan of it. I, yeah. But hey, what can you do? Yep. All right. But that's that's it for the RPO here, and um, that's really about it. Though, do you have anything else you want to add? Uh, anything you want to discuss? I know, I know we had the Heisman with Jaden Daniels. Yeah, but we can't. Um, yeah, right, kind of knew. Yeah, Heisman Trophy. Right, got one. Right, got one. I was kind of concerned for a while that they would give it to. Um, well, I'm not saying Nick didn't deserve it, but um, but I was concerned that you know Jaden Daniels might get snubbed because even though he's had like probably the greatest season. His season is better than Joe Burrow's season. Joe Burrow just had a better team. Um, but well, the catch is Joe Burrow just threw for like a million touchdowns. Yeah. But yeah, so Wright got one on that one. Yeah. He... But yeah. But yeah, anything else um, you want to discuss? Anything well, that we forgot about? It wasn't so much a discussion. Just, you know, just really quickly, the question of the week. In the spirit of basketball with the NBA. All right. You're the GM of the Magic, you got the pick to start the draft, okay? These are the players in said draft. Who are you taking to start your brand new franchise? Steph Curry, Shaq, Wimby, Kobe. Do I know how they turn out? Nope, it's just college basketball. Well, in Wimby's case, you know. You know what I mean. Mm, that's tough. Um, and these are the four people who are arguing. So the best. for me, it's only for me. It's a question. For me, it's only two people who's in in, in my discussion, okay. and that's um, Shaq and Wimby. Because if I don't know how Kobe and Steph turns out, then I'm not picking them to start a franchise. Now, granted, <laughs> knowing how they turns out, you know, my decision is different. But even still, I'm leaning more towards Shaq and Wimby. Shaq, because we know Shaq in his prime was the most dominant player that we've seen ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's probably who I would go with. But then the Wimby is just, man, like the what-if factor of Wimby. Like just all the things he can do. I worry about his lower body, you know, just how big he is. Uh, so that would make, you know, me go with Shaq over Wimby. But for me, if I had to rank him, Shaq, Wimby, Kobe, Steph. Okay, perfect. The reason I ask that question, is because um, – and I thought about including LeBron, but I put Kobe because I think LeBron I – have, I have a question about LeBron later on. For, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and again, like, I'm not saying I think Shaq – I think Kobe and Steph – well, I think right now Shaq's a better all-time player than both those guys. But I think you can make an argument that Steph is going to be all-time greater than Shaq, and you can make an argument that Kobe's all-time you know, greater than Shaq. You can make that argument. But I just, if I'm starting a franchise – is it? Fr- okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's two different questions. Like, like how if I'm starting a franchise between Jordan and LeBron, and I know how to end up, or if I even I don't know how to end up, I'm taking LeBron to start the franchise because LeBron can do more than Jordan. Even though I think Jordan's all time better player, I'm starting LeBron because he's a guy who, as, as my small forward, can do so much, but then he also can run the point as well. And it's just you know, just, just just being to, to do though the versatility is a big thing. But yeah, no, no, I get. No, I said that. that was just a you know quick. I'm gonna say a fairly easy question of the week. You know, obviously they're gonna get a little bit tougher, but <laughs> I I thought about it because like you know if I had to start a team, looking at a high schooler is is a tough pick to take at number one, and it's not a yeah. choice I would make. And the yeah. reason 
asking that question is because if we look at basketball right now, a lot of teams they're taking kids in some tough situations. Yeah. You know, it's easy like, well, I can, you know, draft Chet or I could draft Wimby. Great. Because those are pretty much unanimous number one picks. But when you have Ja and Zion, if you don't know any better, who do you take? Well, if I, if I don't know any better, I go with Zion. But, yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, because obviously these aren't to start their franchise, but it is to lead your franchise. Yeah. That's why you take them number one, number two. Yeah. It's not always going to be. It's just like I said, very simple because everything's not clear cut. There's some. Oh no, it's, it's definitely not clear cut. And and again, like I, I I remember like you know one one of the most more famous debates that you know in the last thirty years, twenty years or so was the KD Oldham debate. Bring up. Um, and I was adamant about even then, even then, like like not saying how Oldham ended up. Even then, though, you, you know this, I was adamant yeah. KD, and it wasn't just because he had the great freshman season because. Michael Beasley had an amazing freshman Next season. Year, Michael Beasley had a crazy. Yeah, Michael Beasley had probably the greatest freshman season of all time. Yeah, so, so it wasn't because of that. It was just because I just thought with KD, especially during that time, because we're not in his, he wasn't in his positionless age. We were kind of getting there at that time. I felt worst case scenario, KD would make a a, a multi time All Star shooting guard. Worst case scenario, if he can't get stronger. If you want to play on the perimeter, he he can do he can play that that style. He could be a, he could be on the wing. Yeah, he yeah exactly. And I, I just felt worst case scenario, you got something amazing with KD. Whereas Odin, you know, I saw a good defender who can develop his offensive game and might be dominant. But I just felt with KD, I love KD. Now the next year with Beasley and Rose, you remember Beasley was the consensus number one pick for the longest. Yeah, but even but but again. Um, my, my friend Darnell can vouch for this. We had we had this argument. I was like, I would take Derrick Rose, and Derrick Rose ended up becoming number one. But that's more so because of who got the number one pick, not necessarily yeah. because of you know uh, he gets Rose above Beasley. Beasley still had the higher grade for most I people. When it came to Odin and Durant, I know we talked about this. I was Team Durant up until one thing. And then I, I was split. Because to me, I, and, and I really do stand by it. At the time, I was like, well, I think whoever they pick is not a bad choice. But I was team Durant at first. But the thing that got me to say, you know what? I think Odin, this Odin kid could be special. He had a pretty tough road in the conference, uh, in the not the playoff, in the tournament. Yeah, it's the tournament too. He had to, he had to face Roy Hibbert. Got past that. I'm like, you know, and Roy was having a good time at Georgetown. He was one of the better bigs, even though he was, to me, not going to be a NBA big. Yeah. He technically was an all-star a few times. At least I think he was. And then he had to go face Al Horford and Joe Kim Noah. Yeah. And the show, the night, the, the, the game he played against those two, I was like, you know, this kid can play. This kid. He's a Thank you, loosely. Yeah, <laughs> very loosely. Old by old, yeah, combined. But oh, that's what made me think. I was like, he can play. But the catch that always got me with old ones is like, he's a big, strong dude. He's got pretty good touch around the rim, and he's a solid, you know, solid defender. 
and he's a good rebounder. I was like, I think he can be good. And then he, you know, when the Blazers won the pick, I was like, it's not gonna matter. Yeah. You see how they do with big men. They those dudes can't live. And I said, and look, to be fair, when Odin came back after that first year, he started off hot. Yeah, I mean, Odin was a great player. I just felt that it, for for me, me like me saying Durant was not any indication of Odin because I didn't know how Odin was going to turn out. It was just more. I was just that sold on Durant. You know, I, I just saw something in Durant that I was like, I you just can't pass that up. And the way that I felt about Durant, I feel a lot of people felt about Carmelo coming out versus uh, um, LeBron. LeBron. But uh, I, I I was on LeBron's. I was LeBron then. And I'm not trying to say that I was right on all because I was wrong on a lot of them, too. I think we can go back in history. I can find a lot that I'm wrong about as well. Oh. But uh, if if anybody tells you, oh, I guess this, I guess that they're lying. Guess if it. every single time they guess right, then they're lying to you. It's, yeah. This is what it is. But if we went back to 03, because it's been 20 years. Damn. It's been 20 years since that draft. That man's still playing basketball. Um, He's the last one left, right? Yep. He's the last one left from a lot of those classes. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this. I don't think there was really... If there was a debate who should go number one between LeBron and Melo, I think I think those people were just a little blind by the hype because Melo did win the national title. So yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and he had a great freshman season too. Yeah, he, yes, he did. Um, I but yeah, say, I agree. I think you're a little blind by that. I just will say this: if Melo were for some reason to jump to number one, that changes basketball. Because the Pistons, I know they said, and Ben Wallace and other Pistons have said it, Chauncey Bills has even said, they didn't take Melo because they thought they had enough. Yeah. They thought they had enough. But when Darko didn't work out, that's why they were going to get Rasheed. But the difference is, if LeBron's there, they're taking LeBron. Yeah. The LeBron with those Pistons teams. I mean, he's still going to be LeBron. I don't think you can stunt LeBron's development. I mean, if anything, help him out. Have you seen those early Cavs teams? <laughs> but the NBA is completely different. You know, so I I think I think some of those types of things. I will always find it interesting, but no, I if it were me, I'm gonna go back to the question, then we can wrap up and get out of here. Um, if I'm starting a franchise not knowing anything, I'm going big. Yeah. And see what Wimby can do, I probably would take Wimby over Shaq. Only because yeah. no, can... I agree with that because Wimby can do more than what Shaq can do. And right. ultimately, that's kind of like the LeBron Jordan argument with me. Like, I take LeBron over Jordan on starting a franchise, not knowing anything else, because I know that LeBron can do a lot more for my offense. Whereas Jordan, I would pigeonhole him at, into that score. Granted, Jordan can do Jordan's actually a very underrated passer, by the way. But, um, but when it comes to LeBron, just you know, just the mindset, you know, that point guard mentality, I would have went towards that. And with Wimby, the things that he can do at his size is just. Well, you see, the catch is, You don't see it much. If it's between, like you said, Jordan and LeBron, 
one, if I'm running the team, I will have completely ruined LeBron because the first time he passes it, you know, I'm mean, like, okay, cool. That was the right play given to Darnell Marsh at that time. But don't do that again. <laughs> I mean, like, and he, he was wide open in the corner, catch and shoot. Yes. But, you know, we, we paid Darnell Marshall a little bit because we trust him just a little bit. We pay you the big bucks because we trust you a lot. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> but, you know, it, like I said, LeBron's going to make the right play. And if they rename the tournament after him, the MVP award, I think that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up here, and surprising breaking news that surprised everyone, um, even though I've been saying this is going to happen all season, Xavier Thomas, Mississippi State, has committed to LSU just now. So, you know. Are you serious? Oh, I, but it's funny, you know, I, I said that like months ago, right? That, you know, that um, LSU is going to get a great one for from Le'Veon Thomas. Um, even though he wasn't even close to being a portal, but it's just, you know, sometimes, you know, you just know what's going to happen. He's a Louisiana kid. He wanted to go to LSU. He was used to, to get some film out there, and he went to his dream school, so. That's the problem I have with the transfer portal, but you know, it is what it is. Hey, if these kids get their way, he could just transfer again if it don't work out. I know, right? Oh nah. He's gonna tear it up at LSU. Oh no, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. He's, yeah, he'll tear it up though. He's he's really good. All right. But uh any, any last thoughts before we head out? Uh did you know Tubi has the NBA G League? Oh dang. I know. No. It blew my mind. I just saw an ad for it. And on that note, yeah, on that note, for my co-host King on A Train, and we out. Oh yeah.